Thanks for tuning in to Best Show Ever, a podcast presented by The Angler. In this week's episode, we share the behind the scenes of the behind the scenes work in the arts. Then we'll talk with Kirsten Sogard, a U.S. postal worker, artist, and local courier, followed by a conversation with Manny Galvez, founder of Iowa City Latino Festival and local publication, El Trueque, Iowa, about the power of community and his best show ever. But first, here's a word from our sponsors. Toyota of Iowa City has been owned and directly managed by the Drusicki family since 1981. What makes Toyota of Iowa City unique is their long-standing reputation for customer satisfaction in both sales and service, transparency, and supporting our community, including the Englert Theater. Please visit their website at toyotaiowacity.com to make service appointments, review inventory, or check out current factory incentives. Or find them on Highway 1 West. Behind every stage performance are the keepers of the stage, working furiously in the shadows, ready for anything. It could be one person or maybe even a team of 50. But all that magic on stage requires these amazing people who work harder than you might think to make it all look effortless. And in the words of the Englert's own lighting designer, they do it all for you. Today, it's all about our technical workers, the stagehands and production pros who make the lights, sound, and stage itself work day in and day out. In Iowa City, these people are part of the over 1,200 creative workers employed within the city that, in 2018, generated $25.5 million in creative industry earnings, according to a study from the Western States Art Federation. Suffice to say, in more ways than one, they do a lot with a little. Now, you probably think the production work for any show begins the day of a show. And this can be true, but really the production team provides input sometimes before a show is even booked. For a big tour, our small theater can be a challenge. To ensure the lighting, sound, and staging a tour wants to bring will fit, be powered, and function on the stage, it's a job for the production team, who know the capabilities of our space better than anyone, and will find ways to say, gosh dang it, we can make it work. On the day of, the team enters the theater in the morning to prepare for the day, joined by a few additional stagehands to help with the load-in. It could be as simple as bringing a lectern to the stage ahead of a lecture, or it may be as intricate as moving, relinking, reprogramming, and refocusing lights to prepare for a road tour's needs. But once the back doors swing open and the team shakes hands with the newly arrived tour and crew, they get right to work. Lifting and rooting cases of cables, guitar cabinets, backdrops, and lights to set the stage. All of a sudden, a stagehand is climbing three stories to the load rail and batons are being lowered, soon to carry the weight of a flashy new backdrop. Monitors are placed across the stage and what could be a tangled headphones in your pocket situation is strategically placed cables flowing together across the stage. The best part, about 12 hours from now, after multiple sound checks and the actual show, the entire process will happen again in reverse until the stage doors swing shut and the lights go dark. At an average concert, it's a team of four that holds down the Englert stage. You've got your lighting designer, a stagehand, and two sound engineers. One engineer is in the front of house, that's where you all sit, and the sound is engineered with the audience's ears in mind. On the stage itself is the second engineer, known as the monitor engineer, who is there to ensure that the musicians on stage can hear themselves. 
If you look at a band on stage and you see seven members, that's seven different mixes, each made so the musician is hearing every part they need with a perfect balance. That mixing for both engineers is the purpose of a sound check. And with that, the bulk of the work has been done. Soon, when the audience is finding their seats, the crews find a moment for dinner and return to their positions. A five minute standby for everyone and then it's showtime, baby. There's no job like it, both exhilarating and grueling. A day for the production team is filled with roaring applause one minute and the absolute quiet of a darkened theater another. Their most grueling work is done in front of an empty theater, and they almost always make it look perfect, but behind the scenes it rarely is. It's been over eight months since this kind of day has happened, and in that time, that team of four has cross-trained to what is probably best called audiovisual production, learning and putting new skills to use in amazing ways to achieve the new ideas and virtual offerings. They've produced, mixed, and edited sound and video for an entire acting education program, a series of intimate onstage Mission Creek performances, and most recently, the entirely virtual Witching Hour. Every week, they edit and engineer all the parts of this podcast, and now they're working on the upcoming short film, Ghost Creek. Small, but so, so mighty, we hope y'all take away an appreciation for these amazing tech workers who make arts performances, whether live or virtual, possible. Kirsten Sogard has been dodging dogs and delivering democracy for three years now as a full-time letter carrier for the United States Postal Service. She simultaneously has continued creating, particularly with the modes of drawing and painting, and now has a one-woman operation delivering local goods around Iowa City. Kirsten, it's so nice to be here with you today. Creating, you know, creating, getting us through. You're a visual artist. You paint, you draw. I think one of your paintings is behind you right now, if I recognize it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's from, um, I, uh, last November, I went into Chicago to visit some some friends and some, um, I would call them family uh, from when I lived there. And mm-hmm. I was just journeying around my old neighborhood and, we just went into this uh, this bar, this new bar slash restaurant that had been um, started since I had moved there, and I had some time to kill. And their their bathroom was like like very pastel pink tiles, Ooh, and then just like this one um, shining light bulb in the corner was just like it like cast cast this this golden um uh halo and then like also like it was very dark in the corner so i took a picture of it to kind of you know to remember the trip and then um yeah i then i painted it the inspiration is everywhere folks even in the bathroom (laughs) (laughs) here first (laughs) but hey for real how has your creative out output been um, even with the added work and stress and whatnot of the pandemic, yeah. are you feeling like you're being channeling more of your energy into art? Or are you feeling drained in that area? 
because I feel like it's who we've talked to. It's been all over the place, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, um, I think a lot of people can relate that every day is very different. Um, how many different things have been happening to, to people and, um, yeah. And then you hear about it in the news, you stay tuned in, it's happening to your neighbor, like, yeah, every day just being different. And so I think as much as I've had the structure and the routine of, of my job, when I come home, um, I, I, I let myself just do whatever I feel like. So I have not been painting. And I mean, honestly, I wouldn't even call myself a visual artist. I, I, I don't think that I, I mean, I think, of course, if you make art, you're an artist. Mm -hmm. it, that's such a, um, it's such a broad uh, brush stroke right. if I may, sure. of, of people. Um, but yeah, I, I like to just kind of tinker around and that, and that's exactly what I've been doing right now. So yeah, there hasn't sure. been a lot of purpose behind it. I, I've, I've put all of my supplies into my garage and it's there. And if I, if I feel like I need to do something with any of that stuff, then I kind of just let it, let it ride. And, yeah. and that's, that's a good feeling at this point. Yeah, you know? totally. I think, um, I mean, I get where you're coming from with the maybe not identifying as a visual artist. And I kind of love that you said that because um, I took this class with Ramona Muse Lambert out of Des Moines. Yeah. And yeah. the way she, you know, talked about being an artist or, you mm -hmm. know, pursuing art in any sort of way was like, this should literally just be playing around. Like this should just mm -hmm. be fun for you. Like this doesn't have to be yeah. too serious. You don't have to go in. If you feel like doing yeah. something, you should do it. If you feel like doing yeah. a little doodle, you should do yeah. a little doodle. And it, I, it just brought me yeah. back to like, everyone should be creating art, you know, yeah. in even just a tiny way. It should just yeah. be fun and bliss. So yeah. I kind of, no, we don't have to be going hard all the time. Yeah, you don't have to. Oh, plan this huge thing that has an end and it must be presented to the world. Yeah. 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 I, that's a good word. I love how you, or how you said how Ramona referred to it in that way of, of playing. Like, I think I can make things or I can play more or create more when my broader idea of the day is like screw it like make mistakes okay cool yep. that's fine mistakes yep. are good that yep. makes me scrappy that makes the that makes finding inspiration there in in the realness mm. in in the dirt you know and yeah. and when i i think when i like talking about routine and structure, like that can be good for a job. Like for me, I, you know, it's, it's perfection with the mail and it's numbers and it's the same steps each day and, and all of that systematic mm -hmm. mindset. Um, and talking to you here, I think just saying to myself, just go out into the studio 
sit there, turn on Iowa Public Radio night music, just sit there and put something here and do just do one thing and mm-hmm. cr- and create that mindset for you or just like go on a walk mm-hmm. and like lay in the grass for a second and just kind of smell the grass or the yeah. snow, <laughs> whatever, yeah. just to kind of get into this. Um, yeah, the play, the playful mindset. Yeah, totally. And that's something that I'm like working on personally more because back to what you said about like, not, I think it can almost be beneficial not to label yourself um, or even just because when I think I started taking music too seriously, I think I was for a while there. Um, And it, it was harder because every time I went in to do something, I went in with the expectation of like, okay, like you're saying you're a musician now give the people something that's impressive and makes you look like an impressive musician where really my strong suit, honestly, is just being a silly weirdo and just sort of dinking around, which I'm learning and getting, and I'm learning to be able to put myself in a mindset of like, stop, you know, stop with the gotta, gotta, gotta brain and like, stop and like, smell light an incense sit down have a conversation like do that and then get inspired via that way yeah so yeah yes i hear that that. and that's that's my personal honestly area of growth right now is like to have having those moments finding Mm -hmm. the gorgeous bathroom corner to paint a picture of you know take a second (laughs) yeah yeah i like how you said like that's just an area that i'm working on Mm because like Right. I mean, I certainly intend to live many years and I would certain I certainly hope for that. And I certainly hope to have lots of these years of creating and making it um, sustainable and making it something that I'm drawn to and not pressured to do it because X like, you know, I so how can I put like little things into every day that allows for like that playful mindset, whether mm-hmm. it be like, cause I think, I think I'm a better, um, I'm better at cooking. I'm better at talking to my family and my friends. I'm, I'm better at making those decisions for myself when when I am making stuff mm-hmm. and vice and vice versa. Right. Yeah. And like, those are the basics. And to me, my most like cherished things. Um, so, Hey, let you know, putting yeah. it hand in hand, you know what yeah. I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Shout yeah. out Ramona. Shout out Ramona one time. Yeah. Hey, oh, yeah. Like Ramona. yeah. Hey, a little fun with it. It makes life better. Oh um, yeah. And you're working sort of um, creator adjacent as well um, with your sort of side project called the Gallup Courier. Can you just explain the inspo for that and what it's all about briefly? Yeah. Um, Gallup Courier is my, yeah, it's my, like you said, my side project. I I do it on my days off or on Sunday. Um and when I say doing it, I'm building it and I'm 
making it a thing that um, that can be that can just work. It's focused on local artists and local businesses. So how can I be affordable to these local folks and still make it worth my my time since I'm using my days off? How can I make that worth my time financially? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I think working um, these past three years has been so good in a lot of ways, but I, I just, I still craved working on and putting my energy into something of my own. Yeah. So yeah, it was brought on a lot, a lot by how something that I, I love to do, which is riding my bike, um, having customers, being out in the world and on the road. Um, and then also what is, what is something that can help, help people Mm. get the things that are local and create a bit of a, of an alleyway to connect those two roads. Yeah. Well, Kirsten, thank you so much for, again, at the end of a long day. Um, I want to say on Kirsten's behalf, everyone, when it gets cold and snows, put the salt down, right? Put the salt down, <laughs> shovel your driveways, okay? They don't need to be having cold feet. You know, make a pathway. If you see them taking a path, make a pathway for them. So yes. Thing, lock the dogs up. Prince. And the and democracy is literally in their hands. Woo! Okay. <laughs> hey, yeah, I, uh, yeah. Well, thank you, Ellie. Thank you for having me and um, having tea together over yeah. over the web. Yeah. Virtual tea. Cheers. Love for us. Cheers. Cute mug. Coming up next, we'll hear from Iowa City Latino Festival and El Trueque, Iowa founder, Manny Galvez, about his best show ever. But first, here's a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you in part by Phoebe Martin, realtor with Blank and McCune, the real estate company. Phoebe brings more than 10 years of experience in the housing industry, and with that comes her boundless energy and passion for serving buyers and sellers. Voted Little Village's most trusted realtor from Cedar Rapids to Iowa City for the last two years, she's here to support you and guide you through the real estate roadmap, whether you're buying or selling, and to make sure you feel confident and educated every step of the way. Whether you're searching for a condo, fixer-upper, or luxury home, Phoebe will bring top-notch skills to ensure you the best experience possible. Visit her online at phoebemartinrealtor.com or call 319-541-8695. Manny Galvez is a powerful community organizer in and around Iowa City. He founded El Chereque Latino Magazine, and he's the organizer for Iowa City's Latino Festival. Manny, it's so nice meeting you, and I'm glad we get to virtually talk today. Thanks for taking some time. Thank you so much for, uh, I mean, for, for having me, and I am so happy for being here with you today. Yay. Um, okay, so I first wanted to ask you, um, you are the edit- editor and publisher of El Chureque Latino Magazine, which is based out of North Liberty. Can you tell us what the magazine is, what it's all about, and what inspired its creation? Yes, well, basically, when I moved to Iowa City, I used to work at the University of Iowa. So 
13, 14 years ago, the Latino community in Iowa City area, that was really, really like a small community. So I start to see a necessity to have like a something to connect Latinos and Latinas with the rest of the, of the community. Mm-hmm. That was, the, I would say, like a, the, the first motivation because we didn't have anything in Spanish. And, and I thought like it was a good idea. You know, at that moment, we started just here in Iowa City, Cedar Rapids. Eventually, um, after the years, in one point, we used to deliver the magazine in 12 cities in Iowa. Wow. Yeah. And I saw on Facebook, the, the page has over 30,000 followers. So yeah. clearly there are a lot of people who are connecting with this magazine and its, um, its message. So you've also organized the um, Iowa City's Latin Festival, um, which would have had its ninth year this year. Yes. The Latino Festival in Iowa City, again, was one expression. Because yeah. uh, at that point, we didn't have something to show our culture. I believe that the best way to communicate with another group of people is art, mm-hmm. uh, which means like uh, music, dance, food. I mean, all your culture is the best way to, to create community. And I mean, I believe that still that is the best way. And for that reason, we started the, the Iowa City Latino Festival that started growing so much. And I am so happy because first we, we thought like, oh, it's going to be really small. And uh, I will never forget, like, uh, we were just like a four or five tables the mm-hmm. first year. Last year, before this uh, really hard time, like uh, we are having with the pandemic, we mm-hmm. had like uh, 47 tables. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Lots of growth. Yes. Yeah. And I was looking at some of the footage from last year's festival. And I mean, it looked like. You know, it was packed like the Ped Mall and there were performances, there were dancers, people were watching, there was participation. It looked like people were learning some of the dances. So it did it did really look like a community hub, like of all different kinds of people coming together to celebrate Latino culture. So, yes, yes, because also when I talk with like uh, just not with businesses, but also with another community partners, I told every time I had the opportunity to say like uh, the Iowa City Latino Festival is a safe, like a song for everybody. Mm-hmm. We want like uh, everybody feels comfortable mm-hmm. when they attend it. Also, we want like uh, they just not like uh, learn about the Latino culture, but also to have the space to talk with different people. And, mm. and I think like uh, this is kind of like, uh, the main goal. Just not like a we're it's not it's not a show. The Iowa City Latino Festival is not a show. It's the opportunity to make community. Actually, in this moment, in this society, in this country, how important is that diversity, inclusion? We need also to promote that inside our community. We are not mm. just Mexicans. We are like a more than twenty countries in Iowa. I do see as part of it as celebrating culture, but you know, building those bridges of like you said, connections when it must be difficult to be, you know, a minority in a larger community and to find those moments of opportunities to really come out and say, this is who I am and like connect with other people who aren't inside of that community. Of course, it's kind of like, a, I would say like, a, it's not, it's not easy, but it's not impossible. And the yeah. most important when you had this, uh, this kind of like a, uh, opportunities, you are going to see like uh, we have many things in common. Mm-hmm. For example, I want to tell you, 
uh, as Mexicans, the corn in our culture is like a so important. I mean, mm -hmm. the corn, the I mean, the butterflies, the monarch butterflies. So now we have like, a, for example, when you go to this festival, like, a, oh, you know, like a, the more one of the most beautiful and most important in our culture is when the butterflies they come to Mexico to Michoacan, and you know what? Uh, now we believe like a, that immigration started in Iowa. Wow. So when you see like a millions of butterflies, like a monarch butterflies, like mm -hmm. a living Iowa, they are going to Mexico. Well, in lieu of the festival, what would you like recommend for achieving something similar, even though we can't be in person together? You know, what should our listeners do to replace the festival, I guess, in our own lives, in our COVID lives? Well, I would say, like, uh, again, it's many opportunities now, I mean, online to celebrate all this. For example, we can encourage always, for example, sometimes the thing like I like about Iowa City is how always we, th we think that everything should be like a family approach. Mm -hmm. So when we promote inside of like a families and we encourage our kids to read to know more, to, to know about what is happening in another cultures that could be the best. Mm, okay. I would say. So it's many opportunities, even like in these pandemic times. Um, I mean, how we can like celebrate again, the diversity, how we can like encourage people to be more inclusive. And, and, and I mean, in many different ways, but I would say like, this is the, I mean, we can, for example, uh, tell the, the kids to read, about the Iowa uh, history, and you are going to find like um, Iowa is a very welcome place for immigrants, from refugees, and we we cannot lose that tradition. Now it is time to talk about your best show ever. Um, please set the scene for us. Where are we in this? What's the year? Give us some context. Yes, well, for me, um, here in uh, in Iowa, one I would say my best show, my best thing like I have seen and participate is the uh, the art festival in Iowa City, but specifically the Global Village. Why? As you can see, my previous comments is how important is for me the diversity, because when you go to the Global Village in Iowa City, for example, last year I had the opportunity to participate. And just not to attend it, but also be part of the global village and see how many cultures there are in Iowa City. I mean, the Latino cultures, I mean, from many different countries and from Africa, from Asia. So when you see that and see how many people attended this part with the kids, with the fa as a family, mm. for me, that is so important because I think like we are encouraging and we are teaching the new generations that this is the new reality. And we can be so strong as Iowans, as Americans, with all this. I can see the diversity as one strength. And mm -hmm. when I see like that we are promoting this with the kids and in our families, I, am, I don't have doubts that we are putting the best seat in Iowa, which means tolerance, asset diversity. And, and again, this is the new reality. And this is, for me, it's amazing because America is an immigrant land. And mm -hmm. I mean, for everybody is the, the land of the opportunity for everybody. So see that mm, made me happy. Yeah. 
I think that I, you know, I'm speaking personally now, but I feel like it's really easy when you have like your nuclear center of people. And, you know, I came to I, the Iowa city because I was a student. So I was mostly just surrounded by students and people in my major and just sort of like to get sort of stuck in those circles and not really realize always how actually diverse and expansive and ideas and cultures like that there are in Iowa city. Like I forget there is so much knowledge and different experiences to tap into here because I just get so, um, you know, caught up just with like my friends who were in business school with me and like, that's all I'm surrounded with. So I also really appreciate the opportunities like at the art festival, um, to like tap in and realize like, oh, there's so much more here. And here's an opportunity to connect with more people who will maybe, you know, are in Iowa City for different reasons than I am, like as a student. Yes. And I think I think you mentioned something really important because when we made the decision to make the festival, or uh, for example, when we made the decision to do something in public, and what is actually what is happening in a uh, and uh, with the global village, I, I mean, as you can see, uh, when you do something in a, in a city in a public space, mm -hmm. it's so important who use the space. So why I say this because in many cities, they don't care. I mean, or they don't pay attention so much about the spaces. If you live in Iowa City, everything happens in downtown. Mm -hmm. So for us, when you you had the opportunity to appropriate the public space like a, as everybody does, mm. it's important because we could make, I mean, why we do, for example, the Latino festival in downtown is not just because a random decision. It's because it's the most important space to socialize, to know what is happening in the city. So that mm -hmm. is important. Like uh, we say, we are part of the city and we want this space to, we want to use this space as everybody. Mm. And when another, for example, the global village is in downtown, again, um, I think like we are sending a message, a different message to everybody that we are part of a, a whole community. Mm. Yeah, that very intentional use of yes. that space. Yeah, that is powerful. Um, well, thank you so much again for joining dropping some knowledge on us as I knew you would. I am already looking forward to Latino Festival 2020. I'm just going to start manifesting it in my head. I am sure like in all the cultures, we have like a, these cycles where we need to like a, maybe just close door and reflect. Maybe the hmm. uh, what's a natural way to say we need to stop and reflect what is happening, what we, what we are doing with the planet, what we are doing with, I mean, mm -hmm. with ourselves, with our, I mean, with the people like we love. Yeah. And 2020, we need to like be, um, to practice this, a reflection yeah. time. And um, hopefully next year, if you attend the Global Village or the Latino Festival, I mean, try to maybe to see like uh, we have many things in common. Well, thank you again. Thank you again.
January Storm is the first of three demos Tomato Boy, the project of Iowa City artist Aaron Longoria, released on his birthday. The demos originated as a birthday challenge to himself to kickstart his home recording journey. Tomato Boy plans to continue recording and releasing music as often as possible, so keep your eyes peeled for new content. You can find the birthday demos now at tomatoboy.bandcamp.com. January storm light over my shoulder Round the bend dozing off again never one for waiting 3 a.m. try to phone a friend no one's quite awake yet Now you're gone 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 New lines are drawn like goes on on to another dawn Pick a lane, try to keep it straight Careful how you're thinking Reel it in, never more than friends Make sure what they're meaning Missed a sign, am I going right? Have to make an exit Going round, round, round At the speed of sound Going down, down, down Never to be found You send me home alone To think of what When the Englert needed to renovate its historic theater, Opian Architects were there to help. With offices in Iowa City, Des Moines, and Cedar Rapids, and over 40 years of experience under their belt, Opian has earned a reputation for creating smart, beautiful, and expressive spaces all over the Midwest. See their work firsthand at the Englert Theater. Then visit their website at opianarchitects.com to learn Support more. Support for this podcast comes from Friends of the Englert. To learn more, visit englert.org friends. Ongoing support provided by the National Endowment for the Arts and the Iowa Arts Council, a division of the Iowa Department of Cultural Affairs, and by the United States Regional Arts Resilience Fund. Phase One is an initiative of Arts Midwest and its peer United States Regional Arts Organizations, made possible by the Andrew W. Mellon Foundation.